Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today we're going to continue in the series entitled Carefree. And today's message is part number three in that series, and it is subtitled Come to Me. Jesus tells us to come to him. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, it's in the word of God, so I cannot wait for you to hear it. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message as well as the entire series and so much more. So log on today. That's www.kingdomrock.org. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message that is subtitled, Come to Me, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Y'all ready to help me pray this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this day and for everything that you have done and everything that you are doing. Lord God, we pray that you would just continue to speak to us and minister to us and give us your rich word. Lord, we thank you for this house. We thank you for the music. We thank you for the songs. We thank you for the fellowship. We thank you, Lord, that we have eaten coffee, or rather, drunk coffee, uh, juice or water, and we have eaten donuts and, and pastries and banana nut bread. Lord, we thank you for everything that has happened up until this point. But Lord, our main reason for coming here today wasn't for all of that. We came to minister to you. We came to love you, and Lord, we came to hear from you. Amen. Yes. So, Father, we pray today that you would just open up our hearts, that we would be receptive to hearing what you have to say. Speak to us today, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let every heart say amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another hand of praise, can we? Just rejoice in him. Hallelujah. You guys ready? All right, so as you know, we've been in a series entitled Carefree. Series entitled Carefree. And we're going to continue in that series today because God wants you to be carefree. And I would endeavor, I would endeavor to say that God needs you to be carefree. You must be carefree. You must be carefree. Again, uh, when you are full of cares, full of worries, when you are stressed, when you are aggravated, when you are frustrated, yet again, anybody been there before? And usually when we're frustrated, it's about the same thing over and over and over again. But listen, frustration only occurs when you are trying to move something forward. If you're not trying to move anything forward, you'll never get frustrated. If you're not trying to do anything, you'll never be frustrated. If you're not trying to make anything, you'll never, ever be frustrated. If you just sit like a rock, you won't have frustration. But the main reason you do have frustration is because you're trying to move forward. Has anybody ever been frustrated before? Has anybody been frustrated recently? Are you hearing? Frustration occurs when you're trying to move something forward and it's not doing what you want it to do. It's not acting the way you want it to act. People can be frustrating. Circumstance situations can be frustrating because we already have frustration sets in when you already know what you want it to do, but it's not doing that. It's not doing that. And so it frustrates us. 
Frustration is like a, a detour sign in the road. Well, what do you do when you get frustrated? When you get the detour sign, what do you do? You drive around. You find another way to do it. Find another way to do it. So if we are continually being frustrated, that means you have to find another way to do it. This way won't work. As they say, this dog won't hunt. This won't work. Find another way to do it. Find another way. If you're frustrated in a relationship, if so-and-so is not listening to you, you can't get this to move, you can't get that to work, then find another way. Stop trying to go down that same street. You know it's not working, and you're going to continue to be frustrated as long as you continue to do the same thing. Hallelujah. Now, remember, if you can change it, change it. Hallelujah. And in the frustration. But if you cannot change it, if this mountain is too big for you to, to go through, then go around. Amen? I would rather take a little bit more time and be free from frustration than try to take, you know, try to take the shortcut and just always end up in the same spot all the time. Are you hearing? So we've been dealing with uh, being carefree. God wants you to be carefree. You are the best you you can be when you are carefree. When you are calm, you are the best you that you can be. But when you are upset, when you're discombobulated, as they say, when all these things happen and you're angry, and you know when you're upset, when you're frustrated, it's hard for you, to, hard for people to live with you. My wife said yes the loudest, so <laughs> please pray with her. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because understand something, with that simply, your frustration means you have to find another way. You have to find another way. Seek God for another way. Turn to your name and tell him, seek the Lord for another way. Because you are the best that you can be when you're not frustrated, when you're not upset all the time. When dad is frustrated, the whole house is going to be frustrated. When mama's frustrated, Everybody going to be frustrated. You will become a different person. I can't get no talk today. We were talking about last, the first message in the series was entitled, what? Why worry about it? Get that. Part two, last week we talked about what? Rejoice, rejoice. And we're going to go back there today uh, in a little while. But today we'll be speaking from the subject of what? Come to me. This is what the Lord says to you. This is what the Lord is saying. Come to me. And you're going to understand that better today by and by. The Lord says, come to me. Come to me. So we have some goals in this series. We're going to, we, we're going to go over these again. The goal of the series is to unmask worry, gain power over it, uh, get delivered from it, and walk in, walk in a what? Carefree, focused life in Christ. Okay. When you're bound with worries, it's like a noose that's, that, that's, that's got you bound, your neck, and you, you can't, you can hardly breathe. You can hardly speak when you're under so much mental torment, so much mental strain. Remember, that's what cares are. Cares are. That's what worry is. That's what anxiety is. It's mental torment. It is mental strain, right? That eventually, if you allow it to, it will affect your entire body. Isn't that right? It would affect your entire body if you allow it to. 
All right, so we had an opening uh, opening statement. This is what our opening statement is here. Uh, it says, uh, uh, we don't worry because of ignorance, cowardice, laziness, or because of irresponsibility. We don't worry because we, we have done all that we can do to stand. That's a big thing. That's a big thing because we've done all that we can do to stand and we've chosen to leave the rest in the master's capable hands. Now, stop there for a moment. Remember, there is a point there is a point of care when you come to a certain point and then you stop. You cannot go any further. After you've done all that you can do, stop. In the name of love, before you break my heart, stop. Buy my album, 995. There is a point where you, you know what I'm talking about. We went over this last week. There's a point when you know you need to stop, when you have done everything you need, you need to do. But many don't stop at that point. They go on further than that. And that point that's after uh, every step that you take beyond that point is called worry. It's called worry. The doctor said, whatever, you've done all you can do. You prayed at that point. You step out in faith and in praise and not in worry. Your worry will not help you. Your worry is counterproductive. Are you hearing? All right. Uh, we don't worry because we've trusted in the greater one, and with him on our side, uh, we know the battle has already been won. Now, let's go to our motivating scripture, and we're actually going to stand here uh, a little bit today. Uh, I want you to hear this. We've been saying this over the past few weeks, but as we continue in this, God reveals even more. The word of God, the word of God is, is so multifaceted, and I want you to see this uh, here in the word of God. We're actually going to go again to Matthew 11. This, it says verses uh, 28 through 29, but we're going to go to 30 today. We're going to bring 30 in uh, today. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy, what? laden and I will give you what rest take my yoke upon you and do what learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is what and my burden is what all right now I want you to, I want you to see a few things here now remember the word of God not only tells us what to do but the Lord also tells you how to do it you know, it's not enough knowing what to do. You have to know how to do it, right? Someone say, all right, you got a new cell phone. Anybody ever had a new cell phone before? You ever not know how to use it? You get it and you say, how do I make a phone call? Uh, still don't know how to use all its functions, right? You have, not only should you know what to do, but how to do it. God's word is perfect, Perfect. And if you just observe it and pray and seek the face of God, he will show you. So we've been talking about a carefree life. And in this series, the Lord's not only telling us what to do, that is have a carefree life, but he'll also tell you how to do it. Isn't that wonderful? And then it's up to you and I to put that into practice. Now, look at the first three words here. And I'm going to need somebody to help me demonstrate. Todd, you're standing there. You're going to have to demonstrate. Praise the Lord. Uh, have a seat right there in that chair there, Todd. Hallelujah. I finally got somebody else on the front row. Praise God. I'm excited about that. Praise the Lord. All right. Look at, look at this verse again. We're going to leave this verse on the screen for a while. What are, what are the first three words in verse number 28? Let me hear you say it. What now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It must be the wax. What? 
come unto me. Thus our title today, come to me. Now, this is what Jesus is saying, right? It's written in red in your Bible, right? Come to me, come unto me. Now, let's act this out. I'll play Jesus for a moment. Excuse us, Lord. I'll play Jesus, and Todd will play the person that is in the verse. <laughs> he will play Todd. Yes, yes, play Todd, Todd. All right, here we go. Observe his actions now. You ready? Come to me. Look, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. All right, hold there. Hold there for a second. Hold there for a second. Notice what he did. Notice what he did. In his coming, him coming to the Lord means that he had to leave something else behind. His coming means that you will leave something else behind. You cannot come to Christ and stay where you are. Are you hearing? Jesus says, come to me. Now he had to use all, he also had to agree. And how do I know that he agreed? How do I know that he heard me? He came up here, right? He left his comfortable seat and then he came down front. Jesus says to you and I, come to me. Thank you, Todd. Give him a hand. He was a wonderful actor, wasn't he? I'm telling you, there's so much ham in that performance, we can make a sandwich. Jesus says, come to me. Now, that was easy for him to do because he can see me. Can you see Christ at this moment? So we think, okay, this is a little bit more difficult. But understand, according to the book of John, John the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on down, I believe, the verse number 14. That Word became flesh, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten Son of God. So Jesus is the, he is the Son of God. But according to the book of John, Jesus is also the Word. Say with me, Jesus is the Word. He's the word of God made flesh, right? So when the Lord Jesus says, come to me, come to me, he's saying also, come to my word. Come to the word. Come to the word. Come to the word. Now understand something. As it relates to cares, frustrations, and aggravations, the, the tool that the enemy can use to destroy your mind and also the tool that God uses to build up your mind is a word, one word from the right person can shake your whole reality. One word. Let me give you an example. If someone is depressed, let's say we let's say we have person A over here. Yeah, okay. Let me give me somebody else who can who can act. I want to, we're gonna act. Oh, come on up, Hannah. Come on, come on, come on. I saw your hand. Come on, come on. Come on now if you're coming. All right, here we go. All right, come on up here. Come be my demonstrator. For a moment, Hannah. Now, she's just acting, praise Jesus. Right now, she is sad. Something has happened. Look at the tears flow. And she is sad. Something has happened to make her sad. It may have been an event. Something may have happened at school or what have you. The event is over. Right? Anybody been there before? The event is over, but now the thing continues to replay in her mind over and over and over again. Right? 
Let's fast forward here. Uh, Hannah is now a successful doctor, and uh, she is in her practice, and something has made her upset. Something happened in the day, and the event happened, and she is wailing about it. She's crying about it, right? All right. Now, as she's in her successful, her successful practice, someone comes knocking at her door, And she says what? Hello. All right, very good. And they come in, and it's someone dressed in a nice suit or whatever, and they tell her, Hannah, or Dr. Hannah, uh, your Uncle Junebug, you don't know him, but your Uncle Junebug, he was a billionaire, and he passed. And he has given you all of his money and company uh, and companies. You are now a billionaire. What happens to Hannah's expression? <laughs> would she no longer would she be sad? What happened? Now, did she see the check? Did she see the cash, the billions of dollars in cash around her? What did she see? A word. She received a word, and that one word pushed all the other words out of her pretty little head. And it leaves her with this beautiful smile. Give her a hand, would you? Oh, another good actress here. We've got a whole lot of good actresses. Oh, by the way, we will be making a movie too, by the way. We're going to have to, Gordon. We're going to have to. All right. Now, understand something. So it is a word that can bind you or it is a word that can set you free. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. It will make you free. It is his word that does that. But now understand something. The same thing that can loose you and cause you freedom, like, the, like this good news, you just save 5% on car insurance. Good news. But the same word, a word, can also bind you. So words are power. So the first thing Jesus says is, come to me, come to my word. So if he's saying, come to my word, come to me, he's saying, come away from the other words. Depart the other words. Why does someone stay depressed? Because they haven't departed from those other words. Now, God's word is worth a whole lot more than a few billion filthy lucre dollars. Hallelujah. But many of us would be ready. We would be excited to receive a word from a stranger that we don't know. We have not seen his credentials. We don't know if you're real or not. But at, the, but at his greeting, at his salutation, our lives change. What? Your publisher's clearinghouse, what? Right? Because we have believed what was said. Now, what would happen when the body of Christ actually believes the word of the Lord? Then depression, aggravation, confusion, stress, all of that goes away because the two cannot stay in the same place. So Jesus says, come to me, come to my word. And in your coming, you're leaving something behind and you're becoming free. Does that make sense to you? He says, come unto me. Now, it, then he says, all ye that labor. Now, 
all you that labor, we'll just tell you that not everybody is laboring. He only wants the ones that are laboring. Now, this is not a good labor in this text. This is someone, this word labor here really means to be exhausted. Exhausted from trying over and over and over and over. You've been pushing so hard, trying so hard, and you're just exhausted, frustrated, aggravated. You just can't go any further. Anybody felt like that before? Just can't go any further. And if you go too far down that road, even thoughts of suicide will hit you. If you go, if you get too exhausted, you've been laboring and laboring and laboring. And this is a continual labor without satisfaction. You know, there is a good labor when you can work and you get paid. Hallelujah. When you can work and you get the job done, you look back at what you did. Oh, and it's, it's just wonderful. But then here is another labor that's a bad labor that you can work and work and do and do and do and do and do and never see any fruit from your labors. Never see a check, never see anything. You just been doing it, doing and doing it and nothing has come about it. So Jesus is talking to that group of people. And it would say, word actually tells you about these people too. He says, come to me, all you that are really that are exhausted. You are so exhausted from your labors. And he says, and are heavy laden. In other words, you are carrying a heavy load. Now, the word of God also tells you what type of load this is. Now, we know that, these are, that this is a, uh, a frustrating load. We know that it's a burdensome load, a heavy burden, but let's look at it a little bit in particular. Let's look at it in the Greek. The word heavy laden means uh, to place a burden upon, to load. Uh, metaphorically, it means to load one with a burden of rights. I now I need my board. Would you get my board for me, Todd? Now I need my board. To listen, it means to load someone with a bur- with a burden of rights, R-I-T-E-S with rights and unwarranted precepts. Are y'all with me? Give me a moment. Let's get this board up here. This will help you if you listen. Oh boy, he didn't any doing a good job. Flip that around to the black side for me. All right. That's a good job, sir. Thank you very much. Didn't he bring it up well? He's the, boss, he's the best board bringer-upper I've ever seen. Now, the word rights here. R-I-T-E. Right. Right can be confused with anybody. Let me see with W-R-I-T-E. It can confuse with R-I-G-H-T. I think that's all of them. Oh, yes, that's thank you. And also the last name, Wright. Uh, W-R-I-G-H-T. A capital W there for that last name. But we're talking about this right. This right. And this right talks about a formal religious act or procedure prescribed or prescribed by a religious institution. In other words, there's something formally that you've been asked to do. 
He says, now listen, he says, come unto me, all you who are all, all you, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, someone from a religious institution, probably in authority, has asked you to do something that is hard for you to do. Now, it said rights or rights or uh, precepts, rights or rather rights and and precepts, precepts. I spelled that correctly. Praise Jesus. Rights and precepts. I did it right. P-R-E-C-E-P-T-S. Yes. All right. So we're talking about rights. As we talk about the heavy burden, y'all hang with me, okay? Can you hang with me? These are the heavy loads that people are carrying. These are the heavy burdens that people are carrying. This is what Jesus is trying to make you free from. He's trying to make you free from observing religious do's and don'ts. Precepts talk about uh, things that we have that we have noticed about ourselves, ideas or concepts, uh, bad things that we see on us. Remember, everybody else can think you're the greatest thing since uh, sliced bread, but we can think differently about ourselves. So these are negative things. Negative things, these are our own failures that, are, that, that we are forced to look at day in and day out. These are our imperfections. So Jesus said, I'm coming to deliver you. What heavy burdens deliver you from the religious rights of do's and don'ts? Because you're trying your best to please God and be pleasing to God, but you keep messing up. You can't get it together. You can do well for so long, but then you trip up and it's like you just can't do it. You can't live that godly life. Jesus said, I've come. He said, I've come to deliver you from it. So he says, come to me, all you that labor, all you that are pulling this. All of you that are trying to do good, trying to please God by your good deeds and your good efforts. Jesus says, come to me. I see you're trying really hard. You're really trying to be religious. You're really, and you see all of your failures and your shortcomings. These are the people that Jesus says, come to me. Does that make sense to you? So he says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And then he says, I will give you rest. And then he says something very peculiar here. He says, take my what? Take my yoke. Now, when he said my yoke, that should tell you there is what? There is another yoke. He says, take mine. Take my yoke. Take the yoke that belongs to Jesus. Now, when you think about the word yoke, I want you to see that the word yoke talks about um, really two um, oxen pulling of the plow. Yoke is associated with beasts of burden. Beasts of burden. Now, there are other animals that don't plow. It'd be, you'd be hard to plow with two cats. It'd be hard to plow a field with two cats, Diane, or two dogs. They're not, they're not beasts of burden, but two oxen will carry the plow. Now, a yoke is tied around the, the, the cow's or the oxen's neck. It's looped over its head, and it's tied about the neck. 
These two oxen are tied together. Now notice again, uh, this yoke is tied around the head and, and, and attached there at the collar of the animal. But it surrounds the head. Again, where does most of your frustration, aggravation come from? It comes from your thinking. It comes from your head. So Jesus says, take my yoke. Let my yoke, let my word come around your head and take off the yoke of the world. Are you seeing? So this is what the Lord is saying here. He says, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, learn of me. In other words, come into the knowledge of me. Who is me again? That's the word of God. Come into the knowledge, learn of me, get understanding from me, get understanding in the word of God. And as a result of that, he says, he goes on again, he says, for I am meek and lowly, meaning the former master, the former driver was not meek and lowly. The former driver was proud, was proud and, and, and harsh. That was the things that you experienced in the world system. And he said, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Listen, then he said, for my yoke is easy. Telling us again that the yoke of the world is what? It's hard. Jesus said, mine is easy. He said, and my burden is what? Is light. Telling us again that the burden of the world is? It's hard. If Jesus, or heavy. Jesus' burden is light. The world's burden is heavy. Are you hearing? So this is what he's telling us to do. So what does all that say in a nutshell right now before we go any further? You say you want to be free from depression, free from worry, free from anxiety, free from cares, where you're going to have to get in his word. You're going to have to meditate in his word and allow his word to displace all the other words that are crowding around in your thinking. As we talked about last week about rejoicing, Talked about rejoicing. Don't you know that your praise is directly is directly uh, attached to uh, your belief system? If you believe God a little bit, you'll praise a little bit. If you believe God, if you, if you're feeling sick and you you hear the word of God that declares that it that it is by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. If you believe that fully in your heart, even though you're feeling this way, you can still rejoice. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord, that you've done this for me. But if you really, really don't believe it, it'd be hard for you to go, uh, uh, yeah, because you really don't believe it. Your praise. Or your rejoicing is tied in with your level of belief. So this is why in services, I've known pastors for years uh, to get up. And I was one of them. My God, thank God for delivering me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is why it would be so frustrating in services from time to time. I'm knowing the goodness of the Lord. And I look out and, and in praise when, when, when the songs are going forth and, and the musicians are playing and all that, even with the full band and orchestra. You see some people... You see other people, ha, ha. Your praise is tied into your level of belief. To your level of belief, hallelujah. 
Glory to God. If you have nothing else to praise the Lord for, you can say, I'm thank God that I'm not on the way to hell. Thank God that he saved my soul. Thank the Lord that his blood covers me. Thank you, Lord, that I have the opportunity to serve you and to worship you and to honor you. I thank you, Father, that you are my redeemer, that you are my king. Thank you that you defeated the devil on my behalf. Thank you that your angels are around me constantly protecting me and protecting my family and keeping me safe. Hallelujah. But understand something. The praise that goes on in the church is only the tip of the iceberg that goes, what, that goes on at your home. You're going to find it very difficult. If you're not worshiping God elsewhere, when you get to the church, all you're doing is the same thing you do elsewhere. So that was a great source of frustration. Lord, why aren't they praising? Don't they know? They don't, don't they know who, who you are and, and who they're serving? Why aren't they lifting their hands? Because here again, their praise and rejoicing is tied in directly to the level of belief. If that same man came in with the suit, and let's say you've been duped before. Oh, you got some shiny shoes, that suit. Yeah, I don't believe you. Yes, you just won a billion dollars. <laughs> Thank you very much. You have a good day now. You got some proof? There's very little rejoicing there. But if you've had some sort of, some sort of um, incident or something happened before that would allow you to believe that this is true, you could believe him, then you would rejoice. Are you hearing? Now, here again, in other words, what the Lord is doing, he's trying to uh, the person that is heavy burden or heavy laden is trying to be morally good, trying to be morally good and pleasing in the sight of God by doing religious stuff. I want to be pleasing to God, so I got to go to church. I want to be pleasing to God, so I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible. I want to be pleasing to God, so I want to pray. I want to be pleasing to God, so I want to do this. I want to help people. I want, I want to be pleasing to God. But understand, there's only one thing that makes you pleasing in the sight of God, and that is the shed blood of Jesus. You cannot do enough good to be pleasing in the sight of God. It is through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So Jesus has come to deliver them from that religious system. And it takes their actions from them and it causes them to worship him and thank him for his goodness and mercy. It is his blood that justifies. It's his blood that redeems us. It is his blood that makes us righteous in the sight of God. Not how many good things that we can do. And if you're tied into that system, when you do something good, you feel, hey, God loves me. I haven't done this in a while. God loves me today because I haven't done that. If you're tied in that religious system, you do something bad. You say, God doesn't love me today because I did this. So in other words, your goodness is based or, or God's acceptance in your eyes, God's acceptance of you is based on what you do. If that is true, you have just negated the work of Christ Jesus on the cross. Jesus makes you righteous apart from what you do. Does anybody get anything out of this today? He makes you righteous apart from what you do. All right. So I want you to see something here. Let's go to um, Matthew 23. Matthew 23, verses 1 through 4. We'll read this out of the uh, NIV, and I think we're going to get as far as I wanted to today, but I think we're going to stop here. 
Now, Jesus came to deliver them from these heavy burdens, from these heavy cares. These were put on them, as we said, by, by the religious leaders of that day, Pharisees, scribes. They would put these heavy burdens on the people. And Jesus came, he stepped on the scene, and he saw the people frustrated. They wanted to serve the Father. They wanted to serve God, but they kept tripping up over their own sin. They wanted to serve the Lord, but every time they came to church, somebody was pointing at them. Somebody was looking down upon them. They wanted to get close to Jesus, but because they had a tattoo, people, hmm, don't want to come around you. They wanted to serve the Lord. They wanted to get close and intimate with Jesus, but people kept looking at their sin and not them. Into today's culture. And there are some people in the house of God that call the name, that claim the name of Jesus that will look down upon you if you don't look like them. But here's Jesus steps on the scene, boom, boom. And he goes to all those people that are desperately trying to seek God. Those people that have been rejected by the religious establishment. Jesus goes to them and says, come to me where they have rejected you and told you that you can't look like that, you can't do this and that, where they rejected you, Jesus says, come to me. Now, what my granddad always taught me is that you cannot uh, scale a fish until you catch it. Are you hearing? Jesus will help them. He loves them enough to take them as they are and he loves them enough, too, not to leave them where they are. You and I cannot be judge, jury, and executioner based on someone's outer appearance. I don't care if they do have a beer bottle in their hand. I don't care if it's a man holding another man's hand. Jesus can help them out of the situations. But the moment you say there's no hope for you, then you have taken the place of God. You don't know what Jesus is going to do with them. Woman with another woman. You don't know what Jesus is going to do with them. Bring them into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and let the Lord fix that up. But the moment you say you can't come because you're doing this, you can't come because you're doing that, you're putting heavy burdens back on them. Because they would say, if I could have changed my life, I would have done it. make sense get them to Jesus only Jesus can help them only he can help us look at Matthew 23 this will help us bring it a little bit closer to you uh, Matthew 23 uh, this is a, a warning against hypocrisy uh, and the ungodly practices of the religious leaders Look at this, verse, 20, verse 21, verse, verse 1 out of uh, Matthew 23 says this, Then Jesus said uh, to the crowds uh, and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do any, everything, uh, everything they tell you. But, say but, uh, do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. 
the very nature of hypocrisy. How dare you point a finger at me with all that junk in your life? For some reason, we got the feeling of as long as my junk is in and you can't see it, that I must be better than you. That's of the devil. Verse 4 says, they tie up what? Heavy, cumbersome what? Loads and put them on other people's shoulders. Sounds like what we just read, right? Jesus said, come to me, all you that are uh, heavy laden, that you load it down. Where do they get the load? Where do they get it? From the religious establishment of the day. He says here in verse number four, uh, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them uh, and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. In other words, they keep pointing and condemning and condemning and judging and judging and condemning. And the people are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. When all they want to do is know God. But don't you know that we can stand in the way of sinners? Let's look at another one here. Let's go to Matthew um, 15. The Lord deals with them again. Matthew 15 verses uh, 7 through 11. Now the um, New Living Translation. This is how it reads here. You hypocrites. Isaiah, or rather, um, Isaiah uh, was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote... These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are what? Far from me. Their worship is a farce. It's fake. It's fake. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Man-made ideas as commands from God. Uh, then Jesus called um, to the crowd then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. So the Lord sets things right. He sets things in proper order. So these heavy burdens that we were talking about before, those religious do's and don'ts that shackle and chain the people that want to find God. I'm not sure how many of you have ever felt a sense of, 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 of sin and failure over your life and you felt like God didn't want you, he didn't love you based on what you had done or what you had become. You say, God, I, there's no need for me going to church. There's no need for me to go to church because look what I've done. Look what I'm doing. There's no point in me going to church because of how I am. But that's just like someone who says, there's no point in me going to the emergency room because I'm bleeding. There's no point in me going to the hospital. I'm bleeding. Let me clean the blood up first and banish myself up, get myself better. Then I'll go to the hospital. That does not make any sense whatsoever. This is what the church is established for. The church is for those that are, that are sick and those that are well. It is those that are well who helps those that are sick. And really tell the truth about it until Jesus comes. All of us have a certain degree of sickness. A certain degree. You may not be on an IV pole right now, but you're taking some medications over there. 
Does that make sense to you? So the Lord says here, he says, I want you to take my yoke upon you and I want you to learn of me. Learn about me. Learn the difference between the two. So the religious leaders of the Pharisees and scribes and Pharisees, yeah, they gave the people religion. They gave them a system of do's and don'ts. They say, you cannot do this. You cannot have relationship with God. You cannot be close to God because you haven't read your Bible. You cannot be close to God because you have not been coming to church. You cannot be close to God because you have not paid a tithe or given offering. So they shackled and chained the people with all of these things. And then enters Jesus, boom, boom, and says, hmm, come to me. God says, come to me. And it wasn't that those things weren't good. Reading the Bible is good. Giving in tithes and offerings in church is good. Doing good deeds are good. But why you do them can be the difference between right and wrong. Are you doing them so that God will like you? Are you doing them so that God will accept you? If you are, then you're still under those rights and precepts and you're still bound because there will come a day when you say, I don't have any money and I can't give or, or I have to work so I, I can't go to church or uh, there will come a day that you say, I'm so busy, I can't read my Bible. There will come a day when you cannot do all this other stuff and then you look at yourself and say, God doesn't want me. I can't go to church anymore. But you know, that, that means when you do these things to be accepted in the sight of God, all that makes you is self-righteous. And when you say within your heart, at least I'm not like her, at least I'm not like him, you become lined up with the Pharisees and the scribes all day night, all day and night. Your righteousness is built on the blood of Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, if you are born again believer, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, and if the Holy Ghost of God is on the inside of you, when God looks at you, he sees righteous. He sees a son and a daughter of God. I don't care what you just did. God still says, my son, my daughter, I love them. I created them. And God still sees a bright future in store for you. He still says clean. He says justified. He says made right in my sight and in my presence but when you look at yourself you say well how can how can that be true but again once you begin to believe what God says about you your whole life will begin to change if you really believe that you are kingly I'm a king you say you're a queen you're royalty you would think differently you act differently I have a hope in the future. Your talk changes. Your attitude changes. Everything about you begins to change. Why? Because of what you have believed. Because of what you have believed. So I'll ask you today, what do you believe? You really don't have to answer that question outside, uh, out loud. All I got to do is look at you. Go around you all day, every day. Look and see how you act. I don't have anything to rejoice about. I see exactly what you believe or your failure to believe. Now, all, all of us can have some down days. All of us can have some down days when some things just really got us down. But you can't keep a good man or woman down. 
praise will arise again. And it's good that two of us go together. If I'm getting down, I know my wife will help me get up. She getting down, she'll help me get up. You're down, I'm going to do my best to help you get up by singing, praise the Lord, everybody, praise the Lord. Yes, when I see too many long faces, praise the Lord, everybody, praise the Lord, everybody, praise the Lord. You don't hear me singing? All you got to do is come here and come here rejoicing, and you probably won't hear me sing it. Anyway, so you have to come to Jesus. Come to the word. Come to the word. Get in his word. Tell your neighbor, turn, your, turn to your neighbor and tell him, go to Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you to die physically. Somebody got that. I'm telling you to get in his word. Don't stop waiting for Superman. Stop waiting on the, on, the, on, the lawyer, on the lawyer to come. Hold it. Stop waiting on the lawyer to come to bring a check or something. Praise God where you are. Don't miss this opportunity to praise him. Right there in your fiery furnace, you say it's hot, and I don't have anything to thank God for. That's the point of sweet praise. In just a little while, you'll be back on the mountaintop, and then all these pressures will be gone. But the sweet praise comes from the pressure that you're under. That's when you have the opportunity, opportunity to give God sweet praise. So if you're under pressure right now, rejoice. Rejoice. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. Rejoice. And in your rejoicing, I'm telling you, in your rejoicing, you'll find your deliverance. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're going to stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Give Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you. I've given your people your word in Jesus' name. Lord, you told me to tell them, come to me. And so, Lord, I have released that word unto them in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray that your word would prosper in the hearts of those that have heard. And, Father, I pray that it will grow forth into a mighty tree. And, Father, I pray for deeper times of intercession, uh, for deeper times of communion with your people, that you would commune with them. And, Lord, as they get into that word, Father, I pray that they will learn of you that they would get an understanding of you, and, Lord, that you would drive those other words out of their hearts and out of their minds. Lord, today I pray today that they will not be a crowd of religious folk, but, Lord, that we will be born again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, flowing in the knowledge and nature and the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way in us today. In Jesus' name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. 
And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.